Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. My life certainly didn't go the way that I probably thought it was going to go, but I would not take any of it back. The illness, the transplant, it's all led me to where I am now, and I'm grateful to be where I am now. I think I'm a stronger, healthier, mentally and physically person than I would have been had I not gone through um, everything that I've endured. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's good to see you today. Great to see you. And well, Maria, it is the season of giving and we are going to give our listeners a gift and have the privilege of talking with Jillian Best. Let's say hi to her before we introduce her. Hey, Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. So Jillian, we have many people are going to be interested in this. We do have a lot of swimmers that listen to our podcast, but even if you're not a swimmer, everyone listen up on August 4th of 2021, Jillian got out of the water after swimming 52 kilometers across Lake Ontario in 18 hours and 36 minutes. Now for us U.S. people, that is 32.3 miles, 18 hours of swimming. Okay. I'm a distance swimmer and that's, that's a long time. Um, so she is one of only a handful of people to complete this incredible endurance feat And she did it most impressively five years after receiving a new liver through an organ transplant program. She did this to raise money and awareness about the importance of organ transplants through her Move for Life Foundation. And Maria, can you tell us more on this incredible champion? Sure, Kelly. After Jillian was diagnosed with a condition that attacked her liver at at age 15, She became aware that she might possibly have liver failure. And at age 22, she did start to have liver failure and was sick after that. More often than not, she was in and out of hospital for years before finally being put on an organ transplant waiting list. And at age 29, Jillian received her life-saving transplant. After she recovered, she went back to swimming and hasn't stopped since, winning gold medals and breaking records at the 2019 World Transplant Games. Jillian's life since then has been about bringing hope and encouragement to others and raising money for life-saving equipment for organ transplant. There's a lot more to say about this incredible woman, but let's hear it directly from her. Welcome again to the show, Jillian. Thank you so much. So Jillian, first, all right, you're at, you're 15. Um, you get diagnosed officially with that at 15. You start getting sick at 22. You get your transplant at 29. How old are you today? And how does one get diagnosed with liver disease at that young age? Well, today I'm 34 years old. So it's been, it'll be almost six years since my liver transplant. And what happened was my mom was ill uh, when I was a teenager and we didn't understand at that time why she was ill and why she was experiencing liver failure. But then we did some research and realized that this was a hereditary disease. We looked back to my grandmother who experienced uh, issues in a different organ. She had HHT in her lungs. So what's, what's HHT? 
HHT is the disease that we have in our family called hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia. And this can um, manifest in different organs of the body. And so we went to our, the rest of the family at this time, went to our specialist in Toronto and we had testing done to see if we had signs of this disease. And sure enough, there were a number of uh, my family members that were diagnosed at this time. So that's when I realized that I had the gene and I could potentially face challenges uh, similar to the ones that my mom, my mother had endured. And then were you scared and, yeah. and what, 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 tell us how this road unfolded to the lake swim. Yeah. So yeah, of course I was, I was scared, not, not incredibly at that age, because I thought, you know, if this is going to happen, it's probably when, when I'm the age of my mom, like when I'm an adult and I'm older um, and we're not completely sure why it affected me at such a young age. Um, but it did. And um, I became, I became ill through my twenties in and out of the hospital, as you said. And um, when I learned about the, the world transplant games, which was right after I had my transplant at the age of 29, I saw that swimming was a sport that I could compete in at the transplant games. So this was my very first goal when I, that I set for myself when I uh, had my transplant and I decided I want to get my health back and I want to be fit and I want to become strong. And so it was literally two months after my liver transplant, I went back to the Y and I started um, swimming and preparing to compete in my very first world transplant games competition, which was being held in Spain, um, Malaga in 2017. And that's sort of what got me started uh, setting big goals for myself. And I just kept raising the bar every year. And then the, the following world transplant games were in 2019. And I did very well at those. I was on track to compete at the 2021 transplant games in Houston, and they were canceled, of course, because of the pandemic. So I decided I didn't want to not do something. So I started to dream and I thought about swimming across a lake. I read, I read a few books that inspired me and uh, I set my sights on swimming across Lake Ontario. And I decided that I didn't want to let any obstacle uh, get in my way. I was going to find a way to keep training, even though the pools were closed. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. I, I, worked really hard over the year to prepare for this. I haven't, I haven't looked back. I'm so, so glad that I, that I decided to do this as scary as it was. And honestly, at the beginning, when I started planning this, I didn't fully know what I was getting into, <laughs> but um, I learned along the way and, and uh, I learned a lot about, about marathon swimming and just what we are actually capable of doing. Were you, were you a swimmer before Maria? I'm sorry. I were you a swimmer before you decided to swim? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I swim, I started at the age of four swimming and I swam, uh, regularly as a kid until I was 15 years old, at which time my mother was really ill and I became depressed. So I, I swam, you know, for a good chunk of my life, I had a good like swimming base, I guess I could, that I could go back to. And I always loved the water. 
And so that's kind of what drew me in when I, when I heard about the transplant games, I, I thought, you know, like I, I loved swimming. I, I wish that I had never quit. And uh, it was just a good reason for me to get back in the water. And I'm so glad I did. It's been a huge, huge part of my recovery from my transplant uh, mentally and physically. I, I just want to go back because we saw pictures of you before you got your liver transplant and you were really, really sick. I mean, anybody could just take one look at you and think, oh, this woman is, is dying. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you're so beautiful and vibrantly healthy today. What does it feel like to get a second chance at, at life? It's really hard to describe. I do think back often to the days when I was really sick and, you know, had completely lost my independence and just how contrasting that is to the way that I live my life today. I, you know, if I didn't have, if I wasn't so grateful for being alive, I would forget that I'm an organ transplant recipient because I feel that I function better than before. I feel normal. I feel healthy and strong and, and able to do almost anything that, anyone without a transplant could do. Um, but what I think what it's done for me is really opened my eyes to how precious life is. And I am so grateful every day for being alive and feeling well, because when you're not well, that's the only thing you want is to have your health back. And I try to live every day with um, that gratitude and, and not to really sweat the, the small stuff and um, just, just realize how, how lucky I am and how lucky we are to be here and, and able to help others and, and help others that have been in the position that I was once in. When you were really sick, did you worry that you were going to die? Yeah. Yeah. I had moments of like, what if this is it? You know, uh, I never lost hope and I never wanted to give up. I never wanted to die. And I think that really helped a lot. That helped to uh, keep my spirits up as best as I could during a time where, you know, nothing was going right and I wasn't feeling well. Um, but yeah, there were, there were some days there where, you know, I was throwing up blood and passing blood and it wasn't a pretty time. And I had like liters of fluid on my stomach that I had to have drained and um, get, got to a point where there was really not much else they could do to keep me comfortable. And those were the days where I thought like they're doing all they can and they've kind of maxed out on options here. All I need is I just need a liver to, to survive. There was nothing left that they could do. And would it come in time? Would the transplant come in time? And fortunately it did. And our listeners trying to understand how we can help. So if, if you're, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand what is it that will help your move for life foundation? Is it, you know, us signing up as donors? Is it just, can you explain like how donors can make a difference? For sure. Um, signing up to be an organ donor is extremely easy. It literally takes two minutes online. You don't have to wait till you renew your license. That's how we do it here in Ontario. Anyways, you can renew your license and they ask you, you can do it online. It takes two minutes that that step alone 
would make a huge difference if people would, would just do it. Um, 90% of people in Ontario support organ donation and only 35% of Ontarians are actually registered. I'm not sure what that is across Canada or even US. I imagine it's something very similar. Um, so for sure that will help our cause, our mission. And the mission that we have at Move for Life is to reduce the wait list because the wait list is where people die. Every three days, somebody on the wait list dies that's waiting for an organ transplant because they didn't receive one in time. So um, the way that we're trying to reduce the wait list is by raising funds. And we decided for year one and two, the way we wanted to do that was to raise enough money to purchase a piece of equipment that uh, we have actually been able to purchase already because of our fundraising from the swim. And what this piece of equipment does that is being used in the US already and in Spain, I believe it's in Spain, somewhere in Europe, it can increase the pool of organs that are viable for transplant by reoxygenating the, or the harvested organ um, and, and keeping the organs warm. And this will help to reduce um, complications post-transplant. And it will also, um, because it's increasing the pool of organs that can be used for transplant, more transplants can be performed and thus it will save more lives. Um, so this is really, it's really important for us to um, emphasize that we're raising funds, but also a big part of move for life is to take care of your organ and to mm. have an active, healthy lifestyle pre and post transplant because many transplanted recipients, um, they may have a belief that they are not as capable or able to do something or be active. And that's simply not true. I know everybody's different. Some people's active activity is less than others, but I think we want to emphasize how important it is to, to keep active, whatever that means to you. And however that looks to you, it doesn't have to mean swimming across a great Lake. It could be getting out in your garden every day, going for a walk every day, but we really want to emphasize the importance of living healthily after a transplant as well is to honor your organ donor and just to take the best care of your transplant as you can. Hmm. So um, tell us how having the goal of the transplant games helped you recover. Well, it helped in many ways. It, it gave me a purpose when I went to the pool um, I had set goals for myself, times that I wanted to achieve. Um, so I joined a, a club uh, at the YMCA and I trained with uh, a club, which, you know, is so great to swim with other people <laughs> instead of just swimming by yourself. So I was, I was pushed in that way by swimming with others. Um, and then once I went to the games, I met so many other people that were you know, of all ages, younger than me, people that were my age, people that were all walks of life that had been uh, saved by having an organ transplant, liver, heart, kidney, lungs, pancreas, um, all sorts of transplant recipients that were just so grateful to be, be there competing, being alive. And then, so once I had been there and had one experience at the games, I just couldn't wait to go back. And it was, it's and now it's for me, it's something that I really look forward to every two years. 
and it just keeps me going. It's something that I want to train for. So it keeps me active. Um, it keeps me uh, in the pool and the water and communicating with other people that I've met at the games. Um, so that, that for me was really, um, it was, it was motivating. It was inspiring. Um, it was exciting. And just to feel that I was part of this community of, of other people like me that have been through very similar, uh, you know, things in their life, challenges in their life. And I feel that we push each other and we help each other. And that's, that's been just so, um, so life-changing for me to, to, to be part of, of the transplant games and to be able to compete. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested in, um, well, lots of things, but one is like, okay, swimming for 18 hours and 36 minutes. What's your self-talk like? And, and, and did you, where did you learn whatever self-talk it took you to get through that? Oh, the swim specifically, I, I knew I had trained so, so long and so intently for this swim that there was no negative talk on the swim. It was all, it was all positive reinforcement that I could, I could do it. And I told myself all year leading up to the swim that no matter what obstacle came up during the swim, that I was willing and ready to, to face it and to overcome it and try my best to get through it. And so a lot of what went through my mind was counting positive, positive mantras, um, singing little songs, more counting, um, thinking back on, on my journey from where I had started and thinking about the people that I was doing the swim for, um, that helped me a lot because I, you know, I think when you're doing something that, that hard and for that long, uh, there's gotta be something there that aside from, I want to do this swim for myself. I think you need to have a reason bigger than yourself because that really helped me in the hardest moments, like in the last 10 K of that swim, it was, I was doing this for other people as well and to help other people inspire other people and bring hope. And I knew that some of those people would be waiting for me on the other side of the lake. And I didn't want to quit for them. I didn't want to quit for myself because I also wanted to prove to myself that I was able to do what I had set out to do. Um, but mainly, um, I just, you know, I, I thought a lot about the people that would be so inspired by this. So that kept me, that kept me going. I thought about it a lot. And of course my crew, the 13 people that, uh, came along on this swim with me, I look at them every time I turn to breathe and just so thankful that they were there to be a part of it and help me achieve this goal. First, what was the water temp before I go to my next question? How is it, the water temperature? Uh, so for the majority of the swim, it was about 70 Fahrenheit, which is like oh. I think it's 20, 21 Celsius. And then as I got to Toronto, um, you have the Humber River that flows out close to where I was finishing the swim. And that kind of like turns up the bottom of the lake. And so there were pockets and I don't know how cold they were, but they were cold. I would say <laughs> probably 50 Fahrenheit. And luckily they, you know, they were pockets. So I never experienced anything close to hypothermia. I was very fortunate with, 
with the conditions that I, that I got that day. Um, and I had done tons of cold water training, so I was ready to, I was ready to be a little bit cold, but, um, even 70, 70 is not like super warm, like, but just yeah, for listeners cold. that are not swimmers, most pools are like 80 to 84. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. still 10 degrees colder. I would be cold in 70 degrees. Yeah. That's, but, I and especially cool the up, upwelling of, you know, 50 degree yeah. pockets, give us three qualities that you feel you really strengthened in yourself and, or what three qualities you think champions really possess. Okay. That's yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have to say perseverance is something that I, I realized I had within myself. I did face, I did face a lot of challenges over the year um, to, you know, the pools being closed, the gyms were closed, the lake was frozen. Um, but (laughs) it's a big one. one. Um, (laughs) but I, you know, I, I was so determined to keep training. So I found, I found ways, I found ways to train no matter what was happening, whether, you know, we weren't allowed to be near anybody or in any public place. Um, so I felt that I really did persevere quite a lot, um, to get, to get to the end goal. Um, I would have to say, Oh, good sleeping habits too. That's something that I, like, I always knew sleep, like having good sleeping habits was important, but when I trained that hard, this is the most I've trained in my life. I have to say, I I don't think I've ever, no, I haven't trained for anything so hard in my life before. And to get a good night's sleep was so important because I didn't take two days off in a row all year. So I was, I was up and swimming anywhere from five to 25 kilometers every day. So I, I needed a good sleep. So that was something that I, I really value. And I think that I nailed that <laughs> over the year. Yeah. Um, oh, it's the other, the other thing I would have to say, uh, goal setting, goal setting, I think is really important in laying out the plan. So it wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to swim a bunch until August 3rd and 4th. I, I had to kind of break it down. I had never swam 15 kilometers. I'd never swam 20 kilometers. So I had to break it down into smaller goals across the year to bring myself to ultimately be ready to swim the 52 kilometers. So I think, I think that's something that probably all champions understand and, and, implement is goal setting, because I think, um, that helps to set you up for success and it helps to build your confidence along the way. Um, and ultimately that's, I think what, what led me to be able to swim the 52 kilometers. Across the I'm just blown away by your confidence in yourself, even in, you know, living when you were sick and then, picking this really hard goal and not ever really saying, I'm not going to be, I might not be able to do this. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of us just, you know, question ourselves, even if we do pick lofty goals and, you know, work towards them. Tell, tell me about how you developed that. Oh, it's a great question. Cause I get this often. Like, um, I think, I think a lot of my, my determination and my strength, came from when I was sick and had, and had those moments of not knowing if I was going to live and, and just getting through it and 
seeing my mom nearly die twice, seeing her get through it. She's shown me her strength throughout my life, but especially in those times. And I always wanted to be like her and I wanted to be strong like my mom. And so she really set a good example for me. And of course I have had doubts. I've had doubts about throughout the year about, Oh, what did I sign up for here? Am I going to be able to do this? But I think what helped was not voicing them out loud and not dwelling on it and realizing that those thoughts are just that they are not the truth and um, not to dwell on those negative thoughts or doubts that come up because I think, I think it's normal for our brains to go there and doubt and fear the unknown or the, the things we haven't done before. But I tried really hard throughout my training, even just a simple training swim, you know, like thoughts would come up like, Oh, I'm cold. I, I, I don't want to do this. And then remind myself, I'm thinking that I'm thinking this, this is a thought. It's not true. I can get through this. And I think over time, just training that like a muscle, um, it eventually gets, gets stronger and you just, you know, you become to really believe, really believe in yourself. That was a great explanation of cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes, I was just thinking the same thing. I hope our, our, yeah, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Yeah, I could see why you're where you are. So what's next? Like what is really exciting for Jillian Best next? What's what's next for you? Next big thing. Okay, well, yeah, by the time this, this show airs, I think we'll have put it out out in the world what we're doing next so next year um our big event this is exciting for me aside from the next world transplant games that are in 2023 i'm very excited about those because those are going to be in australia wonderful i will be training for those however um next year we are move for life foundation we are doing another event and um we're using 1600 as our kilometer distance and because 1600 is the number of people in Ontario that are currently waiting for an organ transplant Mm, so we we are going to do a 1600 kilometer relay around Ontario so wow yes that's exciting (laughs) swimming um some swimming we're going to do biking and running well you say we you have people on your team yes yeah so my my foundation my group my, my friends that put this foundation together, we're all going to do a segment, probably a few segments. And then we're also inviting other transplant recipients to be a part of it and friends and family of our, of our transplanted friends too. So we're going to have a number of athletes involved in this challenge also to bring, you know, more awareness, um, more awareness because more people are involved and they'll share it with their networks instead of, you know, this past event was more about, me and my network. Um, I think this one, we're going to reach so many more people. And also because we're going to be traveling across and around Ontario, we're hoping to make, you know, everyone aware that we're coming through. Um, and so I, we think that this is going to be a really, really fun and big success because there's going to be lots of people involved that are also passionate about the cause. Mm, That sounds wonderful. How's your family? Uh, You mentioned before that your sister was also positive for this genetic. She's okay right now. Um, She's had some trouble in the past, um, in the last, 
uh, about five years ago when she had her, her son, my nephew, um, it, having a, a baby being pregnant caused some problems with her liver. So there's potential that she will one day need a transplant. So, um, she's, she's living fine right now. She's working and, um, but you know, it's kind of similar to how I was in my early twenties. And before I really got sick, it was like, when is this going to happen? It's sort of like that, the sword on the string. Sword of Damocles. The sword of Damocles. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going to happen? When's this going to go down? And, um, just trying to live your life normally while you can. None of us knows anyway. Yeah. Just hope well, you best. certainly are a huge inspiration to her. If she needs to go down the same road, you've, you've, you've cleared the path. So that's yes. wonderful. So um, the last question we always ask our guests is, is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? Hmm. Yeah. I would like to tell people, oh, so many things, but to pick one, <laughs> not to be afraid of having a big dream and following a dream even if it doesn't look like what everyone else is doing or what you think people expect of you. Um, We're all on different paths and I think it's okay to not go the traditional route, um, whatever you think that's supposed to be or whatever you think that looks like. I think it's easy to get caught up in doing what you thought people expect of you, what your parents expect of you, what your friends expect of you. Um, my life certainly didn't go the way that I probably thought it was going to go, but I would not take any of it back. The illness, the transplant, it's all led me to where I am now. And I'm grateful to be where I am now. I think I'm a stronger, healthier, mentally and physically person than I would have been had I not gone through um, everything that I've endured. So I encourage people to you know, whatever it is you think that will make you really happy or fulfill you or feel your, your passion, like to just go for it and yeah, not, not be afraid of, of, of doing that because I think it can lead you to better, happier times in your life. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, what a fantastic interview, Jillian. Thank you so much. But we do have a fun speed round that we do with all our swimmers. Are you ready to play a little, a little sprinter round, even though you're a distance swimmer right now? (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So these are just short, either one word answers or very brief answers. So, um, I'll start with the first few and then Maria ask you some. So cat or dog dog red or blue blue milk chocolate or dark chocolate dark chocolate kickboard or no kickboard kickboard mountains or beach beach (laughs) football football or baseball baseball (laughs) iphone or android iphone coffee or tea coffee please (laughs) (laughs) morning person or night owl morning person okay okay here's my 10 favorite color green mine too favorite pizza topping cheese favorite vegetable 
Avocado? Is that a fruit or a vegetable? Well, I think it's most we'll people take it. it. We'll take <laughs> it. I like it. Your favorite place to swim? Oh, weird, but little little beach in Lake Erie. No kidding. Yeah. Cool. That's what's so it, weird, it, Maria. Maria, I was just on Lake Erie last week, and you are going to Lake going Erie next, next week. week. That yes. is so weird. It is. What's your What's the beach? It's it's called Little Beach. It's in Port. A Stanley. little. It's called. It's not a little, little beach. beach. It's called Little Lake Beach. Okay. Cool. A little beach. Okay. Right. Yeah. How do you relax? Um, laying on the couch with my pugs. Oh, nice. <laughs> what's your, What's your shoe size? Oh, which foot? Eight and a half. <laughs> and eight. <laughs> That's so funny. So do you swim in circles? Because you got different size flippers. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have to buy eight and a half. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, your favorite, I think you might be in the Harry Potter phase. Your favorite ha- Harry Potter character. I never watched it. All right. Star favorite, Wars. favorite Star Wars. I never watched it. Oh my goodness. Okay. You didn't watch any TV. I'm not a TV girl. All right. Can you cook? Yes. <laughs> What's yes. your favorite thing to cook? Oh, lately it's been pad thai. Mm, oh, nice. oh my gosh. I'm coming to dinner. I love this question. What word comes to mind when you dive into the water? Uh, weightless. Oh, mm. that's a nice one. I don't think yeah. we've had that one yet. Yeah. We've had yeah. a ton of swimmers. That's a and weightless one. is a beautiful image. It's beautiful. It is. Yeah. Oh, Jillian, this has just been so joyful and you know, we I enjoyed it too. Yeah. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season and 2022, you get all your dreams and thank you for inspiring us today. Yes. Thank oh, you so much. Pleasure. Yeah. I've loved thank it. You for, thank you for inviting me. This has been great. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. You too. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. Okay, Maria, we are just glowing from Jillian talking Best. with Jillian Best. Jillian Best uh, is, she is a transplant um, pioneer for just optimism. She's founded this foundation move for life, the move for life foundation. She's got huge goals. Oh, please listen to the, the whole podcast. It was just amazing. Now, one of the things we did ask her that we didn't record that we wanted to share Maria, you want to talk about that. So with organ donation, Right. So organ donation is kind of, it's one of those weird things where it's hard to talk about because you think you have to die to, uh, to donate your organs and, and many, uh, organs are donated, um, after somebody dies suddenly, but, and you should definitely sign up, you know, you're dead. You don't, you don't need your organs, give them to somebody who needs them. But, but, but what you don't know is that you can, you can live and be an organ donor. There are people who donate, um, kidneys, you only need one. You can donate. She was telling us you can donate part of your liver and your liver will, will, will reform itself. And of course, blood donation is a donation of organ and it's desperately needed. Yes. Yeah. And that, that, that was a misconception that I had. I thought, okay, we're signing up on our, on our, um, driver's license to, to, okay, I'm going to be dead. If I, if I get in a car accident, they're going to look at my driver's license and know that I'm a, an organ donor. However, that 
only, so she gave a statistic that I thought was really interesting that 90% of people in her town, of course, she's from Ontario or is it Ottawa, London, London, Ontario. I am a typical American that just like they, they, they joke that Americans don't know any towns in Canada. And I just solidified that. I apologize to all our Canadian listeners. I am so sorry. Okay. That in her town, that 90% of people are in her, in her province, they believe in organ donation, but only 35% have signed up for it. Yes. Yeah, it's really easy to sign up. You don't have to wait till your driver's license. Right. Renewed. You can go online. I think that's true in the U S too. do it. Do it, do and it, blood. do it, do she it. She said, and even if you don't want to give part of your liver, which you could, th- that was amazing to me that the, you can the liver, to that you donate of your the liver. lobe, it, it will grow in the, in the organ, uh, the, the, you know, the person that you donate it to, and then yours grows back. So yeah. I, that was amazing. So anyway, that was, that was a huge takeaway that we didn't, we didn't actually cover in the show. So what was your first, boy, this is really going to buoy me up here. <laughs> um, okay. So many things incredible things, uh, about what she said, please listen. But one of the things, and this is, I've seen this time and time and time and time again, if you're doing something hard, no matter what it is, it could be an athletic event, or it could be something that you're doing in your life. If you're doing something hard, think about, try to think about others that you're doing it for. So, um, in other words, she was, when she was in her last 10 K of her swim, she was aware that her crew was up there and she was you know, doing it for a crew. She was doing it to inspire others. She was doing it for other donor um, transplant uh, people. So, in, and I found that in Race Across America and anytime I've watched or supported somebody doing something hard, it's so hard to do it for yourself. In the end, when, when, thing, when you suffer, you know, you don't, it, it, you, it has to be for something bigger than you and, and, and especially for other people. So I would say a major take home for me, and it's always a take home, even when I'm doing whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping my grandchildren. It's like, if I get, if I get overwhelmed or it seems hard or I'm uncomfortable, it's like, this isn't about me. This is, this is something that I can do for others. And I think that we are, we're wired to, to serve and help others. And that inspires us and keeps us moving in hard times. What about you? Yes. Yeah. I love that one. I just love it. It just gives you extra strength. Yeah. When you're standing behind something tough, you're about to do just think of all the people that even if you don't have a team or you don't have, like she said, there were people waiting on the other side of the right. lake. So right. even if you don't have someone waiting on the other side of right. the lake, that you may be solo doing something that you are inspiring someone, right. someone that you may not even know that, boy, I'm going to do this. And then someone's going to see that they can do it too. Right. So that's right. that. I love that one. Um, my one that really uh, has been somehow it's been sticking with me when I hear it. And when she said it again, so having just watched the Olympics and I watched, um, I'm going to say his name, right. Iliad Kipchoge, who is the guy that won the men's marathon in the Olympics, dominant dominated. He said when he was interviewed prior to the race, do you think you can live up to your reputation? Cause he's the first guy ever to run under three hours for a marathon, which he did being paced and through the whole under two hours, under two hours, sorry, under two hours, which nobody thought he could do, but he did it. So he said, I'm ready. And I think I'm ready. I'm ready. It is such a powerful statement that my takeaway is when you're going to do something, you need to be ready to be at that best. And when Jillian best said, you, you said, were you, how was it going into that big lake swim? She said, I was ready. And I think that is what 
is a powerful phrase, but it's the pile that we talk about. You have to do the work, put in the time to be ready. But when you are ready, that's when magic happens. So my takeaway is if something is really important to you, be ready. I love it. I love it. And it, and it's a great spring forward for my next takeaway, which is, which is how do you have confidence? How do you say I'm ready? Well, part of it is that you do all the things like Lewis Pugh said, you layer, you look it back at your pile. And then the other part is you tell yourself you're ready. And so yeah. I, you know, I asked her, you know, you seem so confident. And she, you know, she said she never doubted her ability to finish the swim. She never doubted that she, that she would overcome whatever obstacle. She even said that whatever obstacle came my way, I knew I was going to overcome it. I was like, how, how do you have such confidence? And she said, I practice talking to myself, basically saying these positive things to myself. When I have a negative thought, I remind myself it's just a thought and it's not real. And I, when I immediately say something, you know, positive, that's, that's really true too. And, and I mean, I think it was a, such a perfect example of, you know, how we can really rewire our brains. You know, I mean, it's not all brain chemistry. It's, 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 you have conscious control over your thoughts. And at first you can just say them and not believe them, but then you got to keep saying them and you will have, you know, you will gain confidence. And she's, you know, she was just amazing. Um, you know, she believed she could do it. She told herself she could do it. She practiced saying to herself, oh, you know, she, she gave the example, oh, this, the, you know, water's cold. You know, I, you know, I feel like giving up whatever she'd say, no, you know, this is, you know, this is a challenge, but this is something that I can, she would tell herself something true that she could, that she could, um, believe. And that was positive. So I thought that was, I love don't dwell on the negative. Don't even, she said, I don't even say it out loud. You know, yeah. it's, it's a muscle. It's a and muscle. It, and that's and it. She, and she used yeah. that. She said, it's going to muscle. Yeah. You got to train in. Yeah. And gosh, I mean, we've been saying that since we started the show, Kelly, but I still right. forget that. Right. I still right. forget that. So it's, easy. It's so easy to just let that negative seep in. You and, don't look yeah. at it when you look in the mirror, you don't see that muscle, but that muscle is the most important muscle you have. It is. And she, yeah, we both were like, she's preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah, here, but yeah. This is really but good we forget. to hear. I forget. Yeah, we do. We do. And uh, so my second and final takeaway for the the show is sleep. I know we all, you know, it's, it's again, I always say this, it's not sexy, but it is so important. And when we drilled down with her and like, what was one of the things that's made a difference in your recovery, your life, your success at this, she prioritizes sleep and it really does create everything from mental health to healing, to just if, there are so many ways to sleep better, to take sleep as a priority and do the 10 or 20 things. This is not something that should be that. Let me phrase it positively. This is something that should be approached with the importance that it warrants. And mm-hmm. that is everything from the cool temperature to the dark room, to the turning off the screens, to the eating properly, you know, the right amount of food before you go to sleep. It's just massively important. And you and I do coaching, you know, when I work with some of the most, uh, most productive, talented people in the world doing huge things, this is something that is important to them and that we work on because whatever you're doing, your sleep is the foundation for it. I love it. That's so true. And a great reminder. Yeah. Well, Well, great show. Awesome. Awesome job, Maria. Love you so much. I love you too, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Jillian Best. 
Whatever it is that will make you really happy or fulfill you or fuel your passion, just go for it. It can lead you to better, happier times in your life. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.